to the usual fans that listen to the N10 uh, podcast, uh, we usually start off with our theme song that we've been playing throughout the season one and season two of the podcast. We will not be doing that today in respects to a man that uh, played the game of basketball. His name's Kobe Bryant, and he unfortunately passed away today at the age of 41. Uh, he's a national icon. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the best people of all time in the sporting world. And I think me and Joseph are here to dedicate, I think, five or so-ish minutes about the person that Kobe Bryant was to our listeners. So we'll do that first and get into the uh, hockey, uh, which is the main topic of our podcast. But uh, Joe, just want to ask you if you have any fond memories of Kobe Bryant or one memory you want to share about him that uh, our listeners can take out. Well, it's it such a... I was, like, shocked when I first saw it. Like, I thought it was, like, a... a like. It was first reported by TMZ on Twitter, and people were saying, like, oh, they, they're hacked. There's no way this happened. He just tweeted, the, like, last night, and all this stuff. And I, I just, like, it kept, it was confirmed by sources. And then, like, ESPN got a hold of it, and they actually, like, said it right, right at the beginning of the Pro Bowl game, which is going on right now. And then that's when it really, like, kind of hit me. Like, that this guy's gone. Uh, he had, like, he was, like, a an icon, especially to our generation, guys in their early 20s, like us. Um, that mamba mentality that he always carried with him throughout his entire career and everything that he did. I know he had a ton of uh, work ethic on and off the court. Um, and then also, one of his daughters also passed with him in the helicopter which is just terrible for his wife Vanessa and his other three daughters. Uh, prayers up to that family right now because they're going through a really tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of my favorite memory, one of them is for sure that's actually just the anniversary. I think of 14 or 15 years just happened the other day when he dropped 81 points against the Raptors yeah, by himself. Crazy. Yeah. So that that's the first memory that comes to mind. And then, of course, he won five NBA titles with all with the Lakers. Played twenty seasons with the Lakers. Just got passed by LeBron last yeah. night for for most points in NBA history. He he won MVP in the 0708 season. Uh, Two time Finals MVP. One another big moment of his was when he dropped sixty points in his last ever game at Staples Center with probably half of Hollywood and all these celebrities yeah. in attendance. Mm-hmm. Put on a show for them. So those are just two of the main memories I have of him. Then he has a bunch of like clutch shots that he's hit in the playoffs. Him and Shaq in the early two yeah. thousands. So yeah, it's tough to swallow for sure. Like this is something that no one could have really seen coming because he's only forty one. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like he was sick or anything. It just like shit happens in life, and this is just a terrible day today. Yeah, and obviously LeBron passed him yesterday. He was in attendance for the game, looking good, looking strong. And then this news drops in midday here in uh, Toronto about Kobe Bryant passing away, which is very unfortunate for the sporting world. No matter what sport you play, everyone knows who Kobe Bryant is around the world. And uh, we're saddened for the loss of him. But not even a memory I have of Kobe. Just you were like, obviously, you played basketball um, growing up on like your recess and stuff and like with friends on the street and stuff and even shooting paper into garbage cans we would always say those famous words kobe every single time we we do that i i think everyone around the world has done that and uh yeah 
for him as Kobe. He's uh, one of the true legends in the sport. So, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. So, yeah. Not now. I guess we'll get into the NHL after a somber uh, report of Kobe Bryant's death. So we'll get into it right now. Not much has happened over the NHL. Obviously, no NHL hockey has been played, but the All Star Game was the past two days, and uh, we have both have our opinions on that uh, little little competition the NHL likes to throw out there every January. But we'll get into the awards first. We'll start right, right back up with that because we haven't done it in a while. We'll start with the hard hat of the week, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll go first. So I'm going to pick Elvis Merz-Lincolns. This guy has been hot. He's been one of the hottest goalies in the National Hockey League the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's currently running a five-game win streak dating back to January 14th for the Latvian. He's been unstoppable for Columbus in goal. Obviously, Corpusella went down with an injury. Tortorella wasn't happy about it. He'll be out for six weeks. He's still out, and Mirza Lincolns has risen to the occasion. In those three W's, five W's, sorry, he has three shutouts and 161 saves. That is incredible. And I remember something on Overdrive. We both listened to that show. Mm-hmm. Ray Ferraro always coming on at 5.05. He would always say to the boys, watch out for Elvis Mirza Lincolns. I've seen this guy in the IHF World Championship. you got to watch out for this guy. Every time that he'd say that, the boys would be like, what are you talking about, Ray? Like, this guy's a backup. He's not going to be more than a starter. Well, it turns out Ray Ferraro knew his, knew his stuff, and uh, Merz Lincoln's has risen to location, and he looks like a pretty good goalie in this league, and uh, hopefully he can for the Columbus Blue Jackets because they're looking to make the playoffs after a, uh, a lot of losses in the offseason. So, yeah, Elvis Merz Lincoln's is my hard hat winner. Who is yours, Joe? Uh, it's mine is my favorite player in the league, probably my favorite player of all time, honestly. Yep. Uh, he just scored eight goals in his last three games, dating back to last week. And it, eight goals in three games. He had back-to-back hat-tricks thrown in there just because he can, and which gives him 34 goals on the season. And that's the grade eight Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals. My opinion, you, I think everyone knows my opinion on him. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. I don't care about Gretzky's record. I hope he gets there so he could officially become it. But I'm not alone in saying that he is the greatest goal scorer of all time in terms of like the era he's playing in and all these other sort of factors that play into him. So Ovi is currently tied with with uh, Steve Yzerman with 692 goals for ninth all time in NHL history, and he needs two more to um, match Mark Messier with 694. And it's no question he needs eight more goals the rest of the season in about 30-ish games to hit 700 in his career, and obviously that's going to happen. So Ovi is on his way to having another 50-goal season. In our last episode, Thomas predicted that (laughs) Ovi would win the Rocky Richard the day after he scored his second hat-trick in as many games. So hopefully that um, kind of prediction comes true because I love watching him, (laughs) and I have him in fantasy. So I'm kind of pissed that he is going to be suspended for tomorrow's game for skipping the almighty all-star game that the NHL loves to have. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, Alex Movechkin is my hard hat award winner. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later about the All Star game. And yeah, Ovi skipped it. He'll be missing the game against your Montreal Canadiens tomorrow. So that's a that's a one threat off the board, but another one in goal with Sam Sonoff on waivers. I got oof, you salty about oof. that one. Second time. <laughs> uh, we'll move now into the Golden Plunger. That is the next award we always give out. <laughs> For the biggest underperformer of the week, team or player, I chose a player. Joe uh, chose a team. I'll go first with mine. My player is Alex Tuck. Um, I know Joe had him in fantasy. He was on the IR for a couple weeks. 
came back and was lights out for the Vegas Golden Knights. But since then, he hasn't done much. So in the new year, he has not recorded a point, which is a which is a concern for the Vegas Golden Knights. And he's a minus nine, despite averaging 16 to 17 minutes per night in those games since the new year. Uh, like I said, he had a hot, hot start when he came off the injury. Hasn't looked the same as always, but he has good speed. He has a good shot. I just don't know why it isn't going for the Vegas Golden Knights and him. But yeah, Alex Tuck is deserving of my Golden Plunger. I'll move to Joe's and his team that he gave the Golden Plunger to. So the my Golden Plunger recipient of the week, or the last two weeks, kind of, is, we got to flush the toilet for this one horribly because it's the Winnipeg Jets who have dropped, I think, four, if not maybe five straight. I think it's four heading yeah, into the so. All-Star break. And they just, like, they've been letting in a ton of goals. Like, Hellebuck all year has been in the Vesna conversation, tr- keeping that Jets team in games because of how decimated their decor is. But it's, like, the last few weeks, it looks like it's starting to catch up to, like, someone like Morrissey, who's just playing yep. an absurd amount of minutes, and he's basically doing it by himself in terms of someone who's done it before. Mm-hmm. Like, there's too many new guys. There's not enough NHL caliber, top four caliber defensemen on that team. Right now, it's it's showing a bunch of holes. Like they've lost, they lost to the Blackhawks last week. I know the Blackhawks aren't terrible, but like these are games like they have to win since they're in the the playoff hunt. Yep. So just like stuff like that, like losses like that, can really hurt the team if they want to make the playoffs. And then some of their guys have gone cold. Like Wheeler is a little bit cold right now. It seems like Sh- like Connor and Shifley are really carrying the load right now for that team. And they need. Uh, I know Brian Little's been out for almost the whole season, so. They're probably praying he comes back soon to help solidify that second center spot so then Wheeler can go back to his natural wing position. So, and then obviously, no one knows the status of Big (laughs) Buff, man. He decided to just uh, said he basically got up out of his chair and said, I'm a head out right before the season started. And then he had ankle surgery. So, he's currently on suspension. So, his his cap hit doesn't affect the team. So, who knows if he's going to even come back at all this season. It's still a question. There hasn't really been an answer to it yet. So hopefully for Jets fans, they're hoping that Big Buff can come back, but I'm not sure. Uh, right now with the recent play, they deserve the Golden Plunger Award. Yeah, I, I don't see him coming back. I mean, he hasn't even been skating apparently. I know, like, yeah, that's another thing. So with the injury, with the suspension, like I, I don't see a return for Big Buff. And like if you if the Jets really wanted him to return, like what – what Dustin Bufflin are you gonna get? Like, like you're gonna get slow Bufflin. I know he's already slow, but like, are you gonna get even a slower big buff? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that on the Jets. And uh, like you said, Morrissey's been been through it a bit in his career, but it's like him and Neil Pionk have been the only defensemen on that team who were producing points and playing minutes and playing power play. So it's a tough situation for the Jets. Like I picked Hellebuck last week for the Vesna, and he has had a rotten week but hopefully the all-star break really like helps the jets out but because they really needed that uh that break so hopefully that can rejuvenate the jets and uh yeah hopefully go on that playoff run mm-hmm. uh what you say we're skipping for this week uh flaggers not here so we'll, i think for the majority of the next couple episodes i think we're going to agree on one what you say instead of three different ones just to make the episode shorter and just make it uh, more smoother i think we're just going to agree on one so Know what you say. Sorry, sorry Jason Derulo, for that uh, this week. We're not going to be doing this. I think he's been MIA for most of 2020, so I don't know where he's been at, but hopefully he comes back soon. Yeah. Now that, now that we did, like, only one, maybe he'll come back because I think we exhausted him with three per week. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's been it's been a tough sled in the in the new year. Yeah, twenty twenty um, has not gone off to a good start. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Uh, we'll get into Battle of the Buds, where uh, Flager <laughs> is not on a good start either. Uh, he went one two in the past weeks. Uh, we've uh, been playing Battle of the Buds. I went three and zero. Joe went two and one. That was the first time I ever went three and zero. So that's history making right there. Nice. Uh, we'll get into our picks for this week. You can mention uh, yeah, Flagers if you want. Okay, I'll mention uh, Flagers. So he's currently sitting at nineteen and twenty three. So far, the only one with a losing record, and he's losing a lot of ground in the Battle of the Buds. So he has the Lightning at the Stars on January 27th. He has the Lightning winning that game. Then the Caps visit the Canadians on the 27th as well. He has the Caps winning there. Then the Caps visit the nation's capital in Ottawa on January 23rd, and he has the Caps winning again there. I am have a 26-16 and 16 record. I am taking the Sabres over the Senators on January 28th, the Lightning over the Kings on January 29th, and the Rangers over the Red Wings on January 31st. So my record sits at 25-17, and 17, and I have the Blues visiting the Flames on January 28th. I have the Flames winning at home. Blues are on a back-to-back. Uh, I have the Predators going down to New Jersey on January 30th and having the Predators win that game. And then the, the Bruins visit the Slumping Jets on January 31st, and I have the Bruins winning that game. Uh, right. That sounds good. So hopefully it can go 3-0 again. Probably won't happen, but anyways. Um... We'll get into the good, good, good old All-Star game that we always love as NHL fans. We get, I, get, I get so excited for this, uh, this two-day event that the NHL holds every single year. That is the exact same. How about you, Joe? I only get pumped for about two events out of the whole weekend, and that doesn't include the game. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, the game was horrible yesterday. Am I, am I right to say that? Which one? <laughs> All of them. Uh, I think I think the best one was probably the final because it was actually close. That's the only one I tuned in for, anyways. Yeah, it's tough, tough, tough to watch. Tough yeah. scene. In. Even then, and, it was still not good. And the, <laughs> e- like all the reporters asked, like, "Hey, like I know it's a superstar studded three on three. What do you think of this? Like the effort? They're like, this does not even compare to actual NHL. They all know it and they all hate it. I would assume, but I guess." Good for on for the Pacific Division winning the million bucks. Yep. Hopefully they can just donate that all to charity or something because they each get a hundred k each. So mm-hmm. that's what I would do anyways. But yeah, you make enough money anyways on your contract, so why not? I mean, especially McDavid guy makes twelve million. Yeah. And his uh, his documentary also came out after the All Star Skills Competition. We watched that together. That was pretty intense. That that was a that was very well done, and it just shows how committed he is. To being the best and being able to come back a hundred percent and like how many things had to go right for it for his knee to heal properly mm-hmm. the tendons and the ligaments reattaching at the right time for him to go on the ice having the brace on and then taking it off at the right time and not doing too much like for his rehab yeah. like it was it was very like like eye-opening to watch like how much he actually went through over the summer because the oilers they did a good job of hiding all this information they kind of mm-hmm. There was kind of no information about McDavid all summer, and then he kind of just showed up like mid training camp, and they're like, "Yeah, he's good to go for game one, basically." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was that. And um, speaking of McDavid, he lost actually in the fastest skater competition. Matt Barzell took that home with a record of thirteen point one seven five seconds. Pretty surprising, but we were there to watch both uh, the skills competition. We saw McDavid did not go as fastest. Um, yeah. That probably 
had to do with, okay, I we need McDavid for the rest of the season, the Edmonton Oilers do. And I think that was just a great example of that because uh, he could have went faster in the year previous he did. So um, we I, a few fans kind of noticed that, and I noticed that. Um, yeah, we'll get back right into the skills competition. That was like, I don't, I don't understand why they um, decide to take out events and... Like the shootout was probably one of the best and most fun event where the fans can vote who uh, does the best move in the shootout. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most creative thing in the All-Star game. That was the most thing I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they take that out a few years ago. And now the All-Star game has been kind of a rocky road since then. But, I mean, they want to add this safe streak in, this shooting star thing. And sure, I, I just, I, I don't know, like, why you're adding so much serious content into it and... The NHL just looking at money money signs right now. I, I, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about who won the All-Star Skills Competition events. Uh, Jordan Bennington took home the West Save Streak Award uh, with 10 saves in a row. He beat out Freddie Anderson, I think, seven or nine saves in a row. Uh, that was pretty cool to see the hometown guy uh, win that Save Streak Award in front of the St. Louis Blues fans. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about like the actual competition itself again, like how you mentioned <laughs> they introduced like the shooting stars and the safe streak. Like the safe streak is the only thing that goalies do the entire co- skills competition. So they're basically as soon as that event's over, they all take off like their chest protectors and stuff. And they just sit there for like another two yeah. hours. Like it's so stupid. They can literally just show up to the save thing and then go home if they wanted to. Yeah, that's how stupid it is. Because I know they used to do like the shootout then. They used to do um, the skills competition with the goalies where they would try to hit the empty net. Yeah. Like that relay. I really like the relay too where they had teams and they would stick like say like Goudreau would stick or Kane would stick handle through pylons, go back and then they would have uh, Nick Backstrom saucing pucks into those little nets. And then you have, there was another thing and I think the last thing was the goalie from one end to the other trying to get into the empty net. That was, I thought that was a lot better. Yep. Because at least it kept things like interesting. You could see how fast their hands are stick handling and just see how good their passing is into the yeah, little nets. I agree. It, it, that's the definition of a competition. Yeah. You're competing against the other players. Like, yeah, I really like the relay. Relay was one of my favorite ones. And then uh, my favorite one for sure is the hardest shot competition. So this year there was four defensemen, Mark Giordano, Shea Weber, John Carlson, Seth Jones, and then Elias Pedersen of the Canucks, the only forward who weighs a buck seventy six, and he had I think the second highest or third highest hardest shot in yeah. that whole competition, which was so surprising, because I guess they were saying how he kind of knows like where the kick point is in his stick. He's really technical in how he shoots. He knows exactly where to lower his hands when he's winding up. So that was cool to see um, Pedersen kind of beating out Giordano and Seth Jones. But then the king daddy of the whole competition with 106.5 uh, miles oh. per hour was Shea Weber, who won, I think, his fifth career hardest shot competition award. So congrats to Shea for that. And everyone was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it because I know he can rip it hard. And that's as high as he's had in, like, years, too. Yeah, that was, so that that was, was cool. pretty hard. Yeah. You like to see the big bombs from the point, and yeah. Shea Weber's probably got the biggest bomb from the point in the NHL. Uh, I don't know if Char can still rip it that hard, but Shea Weber, I don't think you're getting in front of a shot anytime soon. So. No, feel bad for players who block it. Yeah, honestly, I think remember years ago, I think it was like who was I think his own it was a Gallagher 
Yeah, he broke Gallagher's hand. Yeah, <laughs> like what the heck? His own teammate broke his own hand. That's crazy. Yeah. His shot is way too hard, and he uses like what, like one twenty-five flex. One twenty-five flex, I think. But he's about two thirty, so he's like a, a monster walking into it. Like that's insane, and his curves like straight. He's got the old school curve, and yeah. We forgot to mention that big boy Al McInnes went on the ice and uh, yeah, yeah. took a ripper. <laughs> yeah, 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 he definitely took 100.4. That was yeah, no sure. way in hell he took 100.4. <laughs> that 60-year-old back and those 60-year-old arms, no way he's taking that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll mention that, though, later in the episode, how the Blues incorporated their alumni. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, accuracy shooting was a complete mess. The digital board oh, thing. Oh, God, I, that was the worst thing of the whole event. Yeah, that might have been the cherry topper for the whole competition. Um, Jakob Slavin, your boy, uh, you picked up on waivers. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, you took him from me a bit, but I'm not. It's okay. You won the accuracy shooting competition with a 9.5 second uh, clock in time. I think he beat Huberto. He, I think Huberto. Like I don't know, but going back to this accuracy shooting thing, like why don't we just bring that back the styrofoam targets, like, or even last year where the the light up targets and you shoot. Um, the puck at it mm-hmm. and it's not as like come on like a plexiglass and then the thing jacob slavin didn't even hit one of the targets and it went down that was huberto that was huberto okay was <laughs> oh huberto. my god that was so bad <laughs> like why are we doing this but like i know technology is good and everything nowadays but like no like let's just go back to the old school way of doing it because that's the way it works it takes more time it takes i don't care like you have money nhl like but it's probably more expensive to do the plexiglass, is it not? Yeah. Like then to go to sports check and pick up like four targets. Like come on, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Like I like the accuracy shooting, just I don't. I didn't. First of all, I don't understand why the players aren't passing it. I get you want to get a good runtime. That's fine. But like it was fun when you have like I don't know. You said you mentioned Backstrom before, a good great passer. Joe Thornton was in it years ago, passing the pucks to the players. I don't get why they don't do that still. And then they take out the styrofoam targets and then put in this plexiglass with computer-generated targets that say your first all-star appearance, your nickname, the team you played for. Like, I, I don't care. Like, let's put back in the old school. That's how it worked the best. I know. And I now they're taking it out. Like, like come on. Yeah. It was, that was the worst part of the whole thing. Well, that should be a sign that they should never do that again. So. No, because also, I think before Huberto went or someone, whoever shot second, the thing broke. Oh, yeah. You had to replace the glass and it wasted yeah. like 10 minutes. You had to go like commercial break. Like, it's just terrible. Like, whose who's idea was it to think that, like, man, like, this is great, man. Using plexiglass instead of targets, man, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And then the players are just sitting there for I hours know. doing nothing. At least if you have the passers passing, you have more players at least doing something. Yeah. Like, man, they're just sitting and, there for three hours. Yeah, and you're probably, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, you're getting bored for sure, and then reporters come up to you and ask you serious questions like what do you want them to say it's a fun like we're having like we're i don't know it's a good competition no it's not like don't you can't lie like roman yossi might win the norris this season and he probably did the least of this whole weekend i i didn't even notice he was there all he did was that stupid breakaway thing yeah i didn't even notice roman yossi was in this it's it's embarrassing and the league has to figure out something like i know odog tweeted think it was right after the all-star games he tweeted that the nhl needs to go back to the drawing board on this one and they definitely do 
because it's ridiculous and it's probably the worst competition out of the four major sports with baseball, basketball, football. But we saw the best on best for U.S. and Canada, the women's uh, in a three-on-three game. Canada won that one two to one. It was honestly, it, was, it wasn't that bad, but maybe you all have our opinions and probably can't share them on uh, the internet right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, I like to see women's playing. Like U.S. and Canada have a big rivalry. I like to watch them in the Olympics. And the past Olympics, the NHLers obviously didn't go. And I was probably glued to the Canadian woman uh, the most in that tournament and the Olympics. So, yeah, they beat Canada 2-1, to one, or they beat U.S. 2-1 to one in that 3-on-3 three three game. I like to watch it. Uh, the goalies were way too dominant because the women's obviously don't have the hardest shots in the world. But uh, I thought it was pretty good and uh, probably one of the more better competition things at the All-Star game. Yeah, at least like they're growing the game. That's all I could say about it. They're, yeah. they're putting them on display, trying to get people to kind of be invested into women's hockey because they don't yep. really have a stable league. And I know all everyone keeps questioning, why don't they get good pay? Why don't they do that? Well, if you go online and see how many people are say what a great thing it is for them to be at the All-Star Game, are those people paying tickets to go watch them play at the arenas? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Like, they're not expensive tickets, and then you wonder why why they don't have a league why they don't get paid at all really mm-hmm. i know the WNBA had a problem with this but it seems to be on a little bit better now but that's because there's a lot of investors investing money into the league and into yep. the teams so it's just if if there's so many people online on twitter specifically saying wow this is fantastic all this stuff then go to the games and watch so yeah, why yeah, right. what are you gonna what are you gonna do just go on the couch you're not gonna televise it on tv they right. don't have the rights to do that. Go to yeah. the games, support them. All these people, apparently there's tons and tons out there. I haven't seen many of the crowd. I've seen more at, at AAA minor hockey games for sure than a women's hockey game, professional hockey yep. game. So if they want to get this done, people have to act and not just say shit, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's like one of the, the factors in this. Like You can't just say stuff and say, okay, it's good. Why don't you attend the event and pay money to go watch these players? Because some of them are really good. Like, I don't understand why we don't want, like, I, I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a big conversation in the NHL right now. And I think they need their own league to be uh, put on display because some of the women are actually really, really good at hockey. So. Yes, they are. A lot of, like, there's some select ones, like, especially like Marie-Philippe Poulin, who's really, really good. Like, she's like top tier, I would say, in terms of Canada. And then U.S., you have like Decker. And then you have like Amanda Kessel has like a really good release. Yep. Like compared to her peers, for example, like I'm just saying like those as examples, but there yeah. are some really good qualities. Like they can skate, they can, they know how to play. It's just, you got to go and support them. Yeah, we got to go and support them. That's the one number one thing. I think that's wrong for the women's players. Like no one wants to go out and support them and waste their time because they think it's stupid. But I don't think it is. But at the end of the day, I hope they really get their own league and they should. But that's another uh, topic of discussion. Uh, the last event in the All-Star Game competition was Patrick Kane winning that one, the Shooting star, Stars Challenge, where you shoot pucks from a elevated area and you shoot to win the targets on the, on the ice. I, I actually <laughs> didn't have much hope going to this, but it was actually not that bad. Like It was actually enjoyable and fun to watch. Just uh, the All-Star Game competition is supposed to be you know, out on the ice, but uh, I mean, the NHL wants to do what they want to do and do this event, but... It was probably one of the best ones, the most fun ones for sure, but I don't know. What's your opinion on that one? Well, Shooting it was stuff. good for a bit, but then it got 
like stale fast like i don't understand why they had like the biggest target like worth the most points because then everyone was just shooting for that one arch target yeah that was weird like they should have like 10 like two as the big one so if you want to go safe and get that one but i know like i could tell like it was a harder to get that one the 10 points but like basically halfway through the competition everyone was just shooting for that one yep and uh there was a three-way well technically two-way between mitch marner and patrick kane but then Ryan O'Reilly uh, gave his shot to Bobby Brett Hall. Sorry, not Bobby. <laughs> good old, good Brett, old Brett Hall. Brett Hall, and uh, he missed that. And then O'Reilly got another shot, and he got it, and then he tied them. So it was a three-way tie in the final. Patrick came came up on top. Everyone booed him. They booed him out through the whole weekend. Uh, sucks for Patrick Kane, one of my favorite players. He just got his 1,000 point. Then uh, St. Louis Blues fans did not give any mercy in that one. But we'll get right into the the Blues. I think they put on a great display off the ice with the red carpet starting off with that. That was pretty sick to see. I know the All-Star Games have been doing that throughout the years and years. And they also incorporated some Blues alumni. Who were they, Joe, that they so, incorporated? So they incorporated Bernie Federico, who is their all-time franchise leader in points with over 1,000. I don't know how much exactly because he's kind of more of a, like a hometown kind of player. He's not really like a Hall of Famer, I would say. So they had Bernie Federico come out as one of the first alumni to give a pass to Petrangelo, I think, for the... for the, um, Yeah, the that was accuracy, the accuracy shooting. Accuracy right? shooting, yeah, yeah. Then who else did they have? They had uh, Al McInnes, like we mentioned before. He came out of nowhere with skates on, with a nice wooden stick, and he took up and winded one up. Yeah. But it said 100.4 on the screen, which is his own personal record when he played back in the day. But obviously he did not hit that, and a lot of yeah. people on... A lot of people on Twitter thought he actually did, which yeah. was funny. But it was more for like a benchmark so that those who shot above that would donate $5,000 each to their favorite charities, which which was a nice touch by the yeah, NHL. Nice mm-hmm. Like there was moments that the NHL uh, did well here, but overall, yeah. some ideas just didn't pan out. Yeah, overall, I think it was a fail, not going to lie. And yeah. then uh, <laughs> I mentioned Brett Holt did the thing for O'Reilly. And Keith Kachuk, uh, father of Matthew and Brady Kachuk, who are both attending the All-Star game for the first time. He was there as well to give his moral support and uh, shoot some pucks there. So overall, the off-ice stuff for the St. Louis Blues, i got to give them a lot of credit for that because it, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot to get this alumni to come out for this event that they probably don't want to come to. Yeah. And uh, they eventually did it. And then at the All-Star game, they had their intern coaches, or what do they call them? The honorary like celebrity celebrity like coaches, I think. Yeah, so they had Jenna Fisher and then John Hamm were the Atlantic and the Metropolitan. And then they had Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hull as the Pacific and Central Division uh, mm-hmm. honorary captain. So I think uh, if we're giving out ratings here, I think the off-ice stuff was an eight, eight and a half out of ten. I think the presentations were very good, and a hockey market like St. Louis, you're going to get um, a lot of fans out there, and you're going to get a lot of support from uh, your hometown boys. So, I think eight and a half out of ten. I don't know what you're going to give for that weekend off-ice, but uh, I'll probably give it eight, eight or actually no, actually I just saw something right now. They actually had outside of the red carpet. I don't know if this was on the skills comp day or the All Star game day. They had the Stanley Cup outside of oh, yeah, yeah, the arena, yeah. which was a really nice touch, considering they just won it uh, last season, and the fans got to go up and take pictures with it. They had to wait all like I think five and a half hours to take pictures, but like <laughs> that's still like the fact that the Stanley Cup was there outside, fans could take pictures. 
that that was awesome. So that bumps it up to an eight five for me. Yeah, I think off ice was definitely way better than the on ice. Yes, for sure. I will get to the on ice rating. Um, just at the fact that some players did probably minimum to nothing uh, during the competition, I'm probably gonna give that like like a four. That's being generous because I think the NHL really needs to go back to the drawing board on this one. Make the events more fun, make them more safe, and make them more fan engaging. I just don't think that did that this year and for the last couple of years. So, uh, what's your uh, what's your rating here, Joe? I'll give it a nice three. Like yeah, it was, it was just god awful for most of the event. Like the only highlights on ice, hardest shot competition, because like everyone likes to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the women's three on three game, and. I guess maybe the fastest gator, if you're surprised McDavid didn't win, you're surprised how yeah. fast Barzell is, then maybe that. Other than that, it was terrible. There's a there's yeah, maybe a like maybe a couple nice goals in the all star game. Quinn Hughes had a nice one on Bennington, one hander. Um yeah. there is a couple nice shots, but other than that, like Anderson made a couple good saves in that final. Mm-hmm. I'll give him credit for that he actually tried for. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than that, like three out of ten for me. Yeah, it's uh, it was a rough weekend for the NHL, and you know with baseball, I know they only have one event, and it's the home run challenge, home run derby. Sorry, um, that's like a hit because that's what everyone looks forward to every year. They want to see the big poppies come up and just hit homers, and they do. Um, only one event can get that. They probably got more fans with one event than the NHL did over the whole weekend. For sure. That's embarrassing to start off. And then with the football, you got the Pro Bowl. I mean, they don't try either. But again, you'll get fans to come out when you see your best players on your best favorite teams. Besides the two teams in the finals, uh, you get to see them there uh, play against each other. I mean, you can argue between that and the NHL, but whatever and then uh with basketball you have the dunk slam dunk contest which is a hit awesome, every year it's like the, awesome yeah yeah it's like the home run derby and then the all-star game is probably better because like it's high scoring and you know they don't nice play try 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 but it's way faster pace so yeah i don't know com- comparing to <laughs> every other league but the nhl i think it's much better in the, their their hands so yeah, like the NBA, like I like how they do like like it's obviously all offense for the game. So they do like there's like a lot of alley oops, some nice dunks, yeah. like just like nice passes. Yeah, you put on a show. Yeah, like hitting a three in like a someone's face or something like stuff like that. Like, and the thing that I find in other sports, like especially NFL and NBA, they love going to these things, man. I know. Like they're all buddies together, which is fine, especially when you're competing against them. It's fine that you're friends with them, but like. Like going to the Pro Bowl, like like people like players love going to the Pro Bowl, because like they're with their friends on other teams and like just the whole vibe itself. They just like being like a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone really likes being an NHL All Star. You know what I mean? Yeah, it gets annoying after a while. Because like I just I don't know if that's just the culture of hockey that these guys just have like next to no personality on like ninety percent of the league, but. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. But that just could be the the, the the sport itself. It's just kind of like that. Yeah, and I think mostly NHL players, I mean, if you were to really truly ask them with no mics, no cameras on, I think there was a bit of a darker mood heading into the All-Star break because of the Olympic situation. A lot of players didn't want to speak on it. I know Patrick Kane did, and he's one of the best American players of all time, if not one the best of all time. And he spoke about it, and he said, 
uh, I forgot exactly what the quote, but I'm paraphrasing here. He said, I think that I'd rather take an Olympics uh, break over the All-Star game for sure. So, um, Gary Bettman, if you hear that, uh, reconsider, please. They should just do like a World Cup of hockey every year. Something. Something. Like, it's better than... (laughs) World Cup of hockey for like a week. It's instead of having this stupid like ten day vacation, pick the best of the best. It could even be like a three on three tournament, but like you're actually playing for your country and it means something. Like I don't know something. Yeah, I don't know. Four on four. It doesn't have to be five on five if you don't want it to be. I don't know. They they have people there that they pay big bucks to do marketing and stuff, and they. Are obviously not delivering because I'm not happy with the way the All Star Game's gone for the past years, and I'm sure you're not happy, and I'm sure millions of other fans aren't happy. So, um, and I think when we were talking about the Pro Bowl and the basketball and the baseball, I think when you're named an All Star, I think the one word that comes to mind is honor. I think mm-hmm. all those people are honored to go to that All Star Game because you don't go every year, and most of the NHL players do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of basketball players like Kobe just passed away. I know, sad news. He went there 16 times, 18, LeBron. 18, actually. Eight, 18, 18 time All-Star. Like, these guys so, like going. They do it's keep an going, and them. they do like it. They like yeah. the attention. They like the, like. So I, I just don't get why NHL, the, there's a vibe that shows that they don't like going, and they don't care for if they're All-Star. Like, I'm sure once or twice, yeah, it's fun, but when you keep going and going and going, like, we're seeing Ovechkin and Crosby not going anymore because, like, mm-hmm. they're just tired of it. They they did they, they uh, have they don't know the NHL anything those two so they yeah, don't no. need to go to these stupid games man no for sure they'd and rather the take the extra rest rest continue to win to produce I mean that's what they're doing they're in their mid thirties now early thirties they don't know the NHL anything anymore in my opinion no you're definitely right and um, oh god I was gonna mention something um, oh I was we should mention I don't know if this was your thought but like how they should have a more incentive, like how the MLB has uh, whoever wins the game yeah, gets, that, the yes, host, yeah. gets to host the World Series. I really like that because it actually makes the players try because the World Series is really hard to win. There's not really many dynasties anymore. Uh, there's been a lot of winners the past couple of years. All have been different. No one's really repeated. I know the Astros went back to, uh, not back to yeah. back. They went um, two times in three years to the World Series borderline one of them should not even count <laughs> another topic for another day definitely not on this podcast listen to our gap to gap for that one on the yeah. breakdown um but like yeah just having something to incentivize the players okay if you win this game you'll, you'll win you'll win maybe a million bucks or whatever but you, your league your league gets to host the world series that's huge for them because they know the world like i think home field matters a lot in the mlb same like in the nhl hop mm-hmm. any home ice or whatever matters because yeah. you get the hype of the fans you're at home you don't have to travel you get that extra kind of rest you don't have to you know your ballpark you know what i mean so yeah it's it's tough to do nhl because then what the hell is the point of like the wild card standing and stuff that's why they have that's another topic they should get rid of wild card and do one to eight in each division but anyways yeah i'm too stupid to think that one out yeah apparently like gary bettman and his staff just completely ignore what fans or any hockey like insider has to say and it's been like that for years i don't think it's going to change but um and then another idea they can do is whoever wins the stanley cup hosts the all-star game next year yeah that's pretty fair 
Yeah, that that that's fair. So like, so say like if I don't know Tampa, I mean, that's a bad example because they just had it. But say Tampa wins it, or maybe you started in a few years. I don't know. <laughs> they should yeah. do that though. Or say like if Colorado wins the cup this year, they host twenty twenty one All Star game. Yeah, or host something, host an event, something yeah. that has to do with your team and the fans, because it's in Florida next year, and uh, you know uh, how many fans are going to go out there from Florida? Because I guarantee mm. you, more fans will fly in from other states and other provinces here in Ontario and here in Canada. Are there going to be way more fans from other parts than in Florida? I For sure. So. And Florida's lucky too; they're hosting the damn Super Bowl next week. Like, come I know. On, man. Super Bowl, Miami, and then you got the All-Star game in next year. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. And, well, Florida could go on a run and win the Stanley Cup. We won't know. but Yeah, who knows? They have a pretty good squad going in there. But, again, we, <laughs> we talked about it yesterday, like the Arizona-Florida factors with the NHL. The NHL just, you know, throwing the money here. We're saving your team. It's okay. We'll pay for you guys. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. NHL has just been a couple, a big mess in the last couple of years. And no one's yeah. happy about it, but. I don't know. I don't know what they can do. They have people they're paid. Like I said, they have people that are paid big bucks to think of stuff. They can think of it. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe you got to listen to the fans or something next time. But the All Star Game is a complete fail for the last two or three years. So I don't know what they're gonna do about it. But hopefully they change it. And hopefully like something comes up to mind because yeah, I don't know. People just want fun, not boring. Like, and the players just look bored. Like yeah. the funniest thing in the All Star competition was. Hurdle going in on Biddington in the yeah. Justin see, Bieber. like that's something that you would see in the in the in the shootout competition. Yeah. So he did that for he took he stopped because he took a while. He stopped, took out the Justin Bieber mask with Bennington because they have that wager going on. That mm-hmm. was that was the highlight of on ice stuff. So, but like those are the type of like kind of creative things you would see in a shootout, not in the save streak when you're constantly just going to shoot on the goalie. Yeah, and actually trying. Yes. Like they hated it. they some players already hate the shootout and you're trying to get them to actually try again in an all star competition where it's for fun but mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's definitely something they really 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 need to reconsider and the Olympics decision was weighing over all the players and all the management and Gary Benton was kind of like shredded by Ron McLean yesterday in the intermission thing yeah I'd love to see it because Gary Bettman doesn't he doesn't know how to answer like he just dodges it. Mm-hmm. What else is new, man? Yeah, we He's still pissed. He has to pump five hundred million into the Arizona Coyotes every year. Yep, that's what he does. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, we pretty much covered every topic. So hopefully, Flager's back next up next episode. I don't see why it won't be. But uh, any last words you have to say, Joe? Uh, just that there was a lot of ranting in this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> This doesn't really happen that much, but like we both do not like the All Star Weekend, so it's gonna be a little bit more positive vibes next episode for sure. NHL starts again yep. tomorrow on Monday, so it will be better. And me and Thomas collaborated on someone that we talked about a lot in this episode, Paddy Kane. Looking yep. back at his career, as he, we Thomas mentioned, he hit the thousand point milestone recently. So go check that out, thebreakdownsports.com. And yeah, that's it from you. I will. Take it from here. Um, not much from me. Just articles come keep pumping out from every sport possible in the breakdown sports, whatever we cover. Uh, I have a recent article done on Jean-Gabriel Pajot and what teams could be on him uh, at the deadline. So go check that out on the breakdown sports in our hockey catalog. Um, 
what else what else can i say well there's no stats i can usually mention every episode that i've done for the past in this whole season too but i can definitely give you a promise that um what you say will be back next week for the first time in 2020 i believe mm-hmm. and uh, joe spicy meatball will be coming at us with a lot of sauce and a lot of flavor next week so once nhl gets pumping we will be uh up and rolling with the whole uh, list of things we have for you and n10 so Quickly mention at the, uh, uh, right now, just Kobe Bryant, everything around him, uh, RIP to him, and hopefully his prayers and family. Uh, Joe, you can just say something about him, and then we'll end the episode. Yeah, um, RIP to him and his daughter, who passed away tragically. Prayers for his wife, Vanessa, and their three other daughters. Stay strong. The NBA will definitely be helping them a lot through this tough time. Yep, RIP to a legend, Kobe. Thank you for uh, many years of greatness and uh, being the person that you are and helping all the players that are in the NBA today. So thank you very much for Kobe. Uh, N10 will be back next Saturday. Join us, Mamba Mentality.